Nick is there, and the third wicket falls for Fitzpatrick, and England now in dire trouble. My guest this week is Catherine Fitzpatrick, uh, a, a trailblazer, a pioneer of women's cricket, and I'm happy to say on the other end of this telephone line. Hello, Catherine. How are you? I'm going well, Kevin, and, and you going well as well? Yeah, I'm terrific, thanks. Now, these days, coaching and talent development specialist for Cricket Victoria, now, it's obviously, that's a, that's a massive role these days. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's quite a substantial role. It has, has me dealing with a lot of uh, very talented young boys and girls coming through our system here, so... Um, in Victoria, we have uh, we have 16 regions, and I look after three of them, which uh, is age groups 14s, under 14, through to under 18. So I've got 15 teams that I look after, and um, and it's a, it's a good part of, of my job watching talent come through, and as well, and also making sure that the coaching development is happening and presenting community coaching courses. Um, things like that. So yes, it is a very, very busy job. The uh, the cricket pessimists keep telling us that uh, the game's in trouble and, you know, kids coming through uninterested and all that stuff. What's your, uh, you know, hands-on experience with uh, with dealing with the, the, the kids coming through the programs? Uh, certainly with the programs that I'm working in, there's, there's certainly not a lack of numbers. And in the uh, two and a half years that I've been in the role here with with Cricket Vic, um, the numbers certainly in the, in the girls' space that are trialling for positions in our in our rep teams is growing, um, and it, it hasn't swindled at all in the, in the boys. Um, you could just I'll, I'll shoot you through a few emails from parents letting me know how good their kids are. So we don't <laughs> that hasn't stopped. So that that's a good indication that it's uh, that it's alive and well, certainly in the areas that I'm working in, oh, um, which is fantastic. And and look, I think also too, you know, we're seeing a, a lot of um, subcontinent families settling in Australia and their passion for the game, as we know, India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, you know, Afghanistan, they've got such a passion for the game and that's coming through in the, the young boys and girls from those families. Um, so it, it's certainly, from my point of view, um, still very strong. Oh, good. All right, well, you're seeing firsthand uh, them, their development and they're coming through. Let's, let's talk about your development when you were coming through. When did you, when did you first kind of fall in love with the game? Yeah, my my story is is certainly uh, people talk about backyard cricket, but mine was really front yard um, and a little bit of the local school. So primary school, I was only you know 100 metres um, from where I went to primary school, and and the area that I grew up, I have an older brother and an older sister, and my brother's closer to my age, and um, so I really was uh, hanging out with him a little bit more, and mo- most of the the uh, the people our age were, were boys, so I was playing cricket and, and football with them in the schoolyard or, or out the front as well. With um, so so that was that was it for me. It was sort of something that we uh, that we did in our spare time, um, and it was just something. I guess for some reason I was never as good as all the boys, but I, yeah. there was certainly a determination to try and be. So so that's how it kind of started with me. So when did you sort of first play in a in a in a proper setting? Yeah, I, I think when I think back, I really think it was probably a school in in year um, year seven at uh, at high school, um, and from that um, that was my first structured game rather than just we make our own rules up. Um, and then that same year, uh, I went and joined a, a club out at um, at Berwick, which was a senior women's club because at that time there was no age 
age group specific for young girls coming through. So um, I was really just making up numbers and, and standing out in the field, not doing too much. But yeah, it was around the age of eleven that my first structured game occurred. Wow. Uh, and and I mean, when did when did you grab the ball and go? You know, I want to bowl firstly, and then I want to bowl quick. Yeah, a couple of things. I think when you bowl quick, I think some of it you just you know, your genetics. I think uh, play a, play a big part. So somewhere along the, the line, there I've been blessed with um, you know with the, with the, the right sort of DNA to allow me to do it. But um, you know, I, whenever I get asked this question, I'm very unkind to my brother um, who. <laughs> <laughs> when when the rest of the the gang sort of weren't around to play, I, I would drag him out, and he would only do that if he uh, if he was going to bat first. And if I then proceeded to get him out, he'd say he'd had enough. So that would, and I wanted to continue to play. So uh, so that would just get me more and more fired up. And so I'd go back uh, to the top of my mark and, and just come in and steam in harder and harder. So it was, you know, most probably due to my brother's very unsportsmanship. So did every batter that you bowled to over the years literally have your brother's head on their shoulders? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. I must say it was a, yeah, the, the it was a pretty fire, fiery household growing up, but without a doubt, yeah, he was um, somebody that I always wanted to get one up on um, and uh, the best way for me to do it was to do it with a ball in my hand rather than any other way. Now, Catherine, you, you're killing this, uh, this myth about fast bowlers not having any brains because you're very articulate and you're talking very well and fast bowlers aren't supposed to have any brains at all. No, but that's see that's that's what we do. We actually what I've worked out over time is if, if the expectations are low, you get to surprise people. So I think uh, fast bowlers go through, and we, and we love the myth uh, because because then when we do actually say something and make sense, people are surprised. But uh, I'm always a believer. We're, we're the ones that know how to get the batters out. So we're actually uh, I think we've got one up on them without a doubt. <laughs> were you successful early? Uh, you know, with your with your bowling, or did it take some time to kind of get it right? No, it took a long time. Um, I, I didn't actually have have a, a you know a coach that understood me as a bowler until I was about twenty three, and, oh. and I had a substantial substantial change in my action. So I came across. I was lucky enough to come across John Harmer, who who was um, is a biomechanics uh, lecturer and, and professor, I guess. And um, and John was able to really hone um, my action that allowed me to bowl more consistently um, and maintain pace. But prior to that, I was I was all over the shop, um, you know. Coming, I didn't know where the ball was going. Which, you know, if I've got young kids coming through now and they're bowling really fast, um, I'm I'm happy for that. I'm not fussed that they don't have the, the consistency at this stage because the thing is, is, is we can coach that a lot easier than, than increasing pace. So, um, yeah, it, I, I didn't really have. I was fast and I knew that. I could tell because of the reaction that I had from from girls in the net. Not not everyone wanted to go in and, and face me. Yeah. Um, so the penny started to drop around about 16 that, you know, I was doing something that uh, my peers at that point weren't doing and, and that was getting some real speed on the ball. There, there's a real, I mean, there is an attitude about bowling fast and, and there's a kind of swagger that comes with it and there's a, a little bit of, you know, the, the kind of the cheeky grin and stuff. Uh, when did you first get that? When did, when did that become part of your armoury? Um, I, I like the way that you describe it because it's been described other ways. Um, yeah, but, I've cleaned it up um, a lot. <laughs> Yeah, look, I do think, you know, for me it was when, when I more so uh, at an under-21 level, um, I think more so than as a youth player so much. And I think 21 is still quite young and you're yeah. still learning your craft as, as a fast bowler. But I think um, I think it was more more then that, um, you know, um, I started to really understand it a little bit more. And, and, and 
from that you grow confidence and, and that confidence allows you to, you know, add the, add the swagger and the smirks and, and the commentary, we'll call it, um, on how people are actually playing you. So, um, I, you know, I'm really, uh, we've never too, too um, I guess, uh, chest, chest pushed out uh, when I didn't have the skills to back it up. So um, I'm sure you'll have people tell you different, but that's my recollection of it. <laughs> no, fair enough. What was your first big bag of wickets? Do you remember that? I think I don't remember my actual first. I, that, I remember an, a, a bag of five that uh, certainly uh, stands out uh, in one of my, um, I guess, it, my, my highlights. Um, it was in um, in 1993. Um, oh, sorry, not then. It was in 1998 at Lords. So uh, we, we were on a, a very long tour. Um, and it was really unique at that time. So we, we went to England and we, we were there for three test matches, uh, five ODIs, and we also went to Ireland for ODIs. So, you know, we were touring, you know, we were away from home for two to three months. And, and you know, in 1998 for a women's cricket team, it was very unusual. So uh, it was it felt like we were real cricketers. Um, if mm. that, you know, if I can say that, we were yeah. actually just concentrating on cricket and Sort of, you know, I was a garbo back in those days, so I wasn't have to get up and run for five hours before going to training. So, but anyway, so we we went to Lords. Uh, we lost the World Cup in '93. Um, so it was five years before we got the opportunity to really play against England, who were the current holders of the World Cup at that time. And um, so we we got to Lords on Game Five of the ODIs, and uh, was at Lords, and and it was the whitewash. If we, we happened to win it, uh, we did win it. On that day, Lisa Kitely made 100 runs, which was uh, wow. the first woman at Lords to make 100. And it was the same day I took five wickets and it was the first first woman to take five wickets at Lords. So um, that stands out for me. Um, and if we go batters v bowlers in this scenario, uh, Lisa Kitely was sent off to, to TV studios across England to get beamed back into you know morning TV shows back in, in Australia and uh, there was not much mention of my achievements at the same time, so we certainly know the status quo when it comes to bat v ball and what the public want to see. I think yeah. back in the day. Oh well, that's changed fortunately. Is now now they do uh, allow bowlers to you know celebrate getting a, a, a five for which I think is a, a rightly so. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and I really think that's um, fantastic to see that the, the bowlers ra- uh, yeah roll, raising the ball as you as you lose. So. Hey, you mentioned uh, the Garbo. You're also a postie as well. Um, uh, th- that juggling act, I mean, the pathway when you were coming through was, was to, to put it mildly, blurred. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's, that's true. But I think you also, if you, if you want to find it, you will. I, I know a lot of people yeah, use the phrase, point. you know, you can't, you can't be what you can't see, but you go and find it. Um, so, so for me... Um, you know, I, I, and I was playing. It probably wasn't ideal to be 11 years old, you know, playing with senior women um, for your development. And, and, you know, thankfully things have changed. But society back then wasn't, you know, as time poor as it is now as well. So, if, you know, for me to, to, you know, to spend, you know, an hour in the car getting driven around to go to games and, and the game taking as long as it did um, wasn't such a thing as, as or, or a strain, I guess, on parents and friends as it is nowadays where people are, Sort of more time poor and want things close to home, so that's what that's a big change in the game yeah. um, for me and the way that the competitions and the pathways improve for young females. Where parents, you know, they can there's opportunities ten minutes from home, and that's how talent grows more so than you know the strain on a family of driving one of their kids and spending you know eight hours on one kid when you've got others to look after. So 
uh, yeah, it certainly wasn't defined back then, um, but I found I found my way into it, luckily enough. But, yeah, I'm so pleased for the young kids coming through that um, hopefully it's just one push of a button away and they know where they can go and, and, and get, in, um, get in one of the pathway sides. So was that uh, desire for higher levels, was that in you or did someone tap you on the shoulder and say, you know what, I think you could actually do something with your cricket. You could play for the state. You might even be able to play for the country. Or was that inside you yourself? Yeah, I look. I was. I was when I was growing with my brother. I, I was Dennis Lilly. Um, so you know, like it was. It, I, you know, I, you know. I think one of the things um, you know I used to say quite a lot is, is I always knew that I would play cricket Australia, but I just didn't realise it'd be for the women's team. You know, it was always like, you know, I'm not one of these fellas off and, and take over theirs. But um, you know, but once I sort of got a little bit older, that's when I was younger. You know, like 15, 16. But once, once I got to, you know the ripe old age of twenty and started really. Uh, researching the game a bit more and realising that there was were greats like uh, Sharon Treadray, um, Barb Jennings, um, you know, um, there's so many players that that, that I uh, and ended up playing club cricket against as well, which was fantastic. So um, I think you know when when I was around about 20, I started to realise that it was quite a possibility, and I certainly had a lot of support from my grandfather who. Um, who was someone that was was really uh, had a lot of sport uh, sporting acumen himself. So, um, but yeah, it took to about twenty where I thought I can have a crack at this. Your first state game. What's your memories of that? Oh, gee, I don't. I'm trying to think. I have a, I had a conversation with one of my mates about this the other day, and we were trying to work out whether or not um, it was. We were up in Queensland, and we used to play two week tournaments. So, out, out, you know, um, so it was up in Queensland, but I don't actually recall the first game as such. It would have been an eighty over game. We played. Two day games. But so you play, you know, if you were playing South Australia, for an example, we would have played then Monday, Tuesday, um, and all that sort of stuff. So I actually, and I, I did try my best to try and get online uh, <laughs> to find a scorecard, and and but I couldn't find anything. So so it was up up in Queensland, I think, in about uh, nineteen ninety. But I do remember the following year uh, in Melbourne, so my second year, and Sharon Sharon Treadray, uh, who captain had captained Australia, and was a fantastic player. She came back. She came out of retirement and she captained the Victorian side uh, and we won the national championship that year. So I certainly um, that particular year stands out um, my second year more so than my first. What about your test debut? Now, that must be something you do, you do remember. Oh, I do remember. Um, so I debuted the same year as Belinda Clark did, um, but I didn't make the, the test team in, um, in Sydney. So the first test was in Sydney and, and Belinda made 100 on debut. Which is fantastic, handy. And then I got a <laughs> very handy. And then I got a call up uh, for the next test in in Adelaide. So we were playing against India. Um, didn't really have a whole lot of success, to be honest. Uh, I did Google to find out. Um, so it's a Feb Feb second, ninety nineteen ninety one is when I debuted. Uh, throughout the whole test, I uh, only got two wickets, and uh, uh, the first batter I got out. Uh, was caught behind. So a great mate of mine, Christina Matthews, who's in charge of the whacker. She she obliged by taking the catch behind. But the the poor old uh, soul that I got out was batting at number nine with a career average of ten point eight five. So <laughs> it's not a whole lot to brag about. But I did improve in the second innings because I got another wicket and it was the number seven batter. So um, look, and, and it was a pretty tough test because you know my economy rate throughout that was like under a run and over. Um, because the Indians uh, at at the particular time that you know it was it was a bit more honour in in not losing the game um, you know so so it was a draw so it was a pretty difficult test um, and we, we that test was drawn but we the next test we were in um, we were in Melbourne and, and the curator 
that was preparing the wickets at uh, Punt Road, he'd actually been keeping an eye on the scores. So he, he produced a wicket that was going to get a result and uh, I fared a whole lot better in, in my second test than I did my first. Uh, um, the, way, the way women's John. cricket is, is structured is that you play a lot more one-day internationals than tests, which is unfortunate, but that's the way it's structured. But 109 one-day internationals is a hell of a record and 13 tests in the end, which is also very impressive. And, and all up between those two forms, 240 wickets, 180 one-day international wickets and 60 test wickets. It's a very, very impressive record. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. I think, you know, and that's over 15 years. You can imagine, you know, some of the girls nowadays are fortunate enough to to really, you know, be able to rack up those numbers quite quickly. So, you know, the way that the game's changed, the, the, fact, the biggest change for me in the game is if, if somebody actually, you know, had, you know, <laughs> put it on television, you know, that was a big thing. I've yeah. always believed the game's been a massive product, a massive product that's been fantastic. Like Betty Wilson, I've seen footage of Betty Wilson. There have been so many women that have gone before my time that uh, the game wouldn't have stayed around if we didn't have pioneers of the game, but not only the players, the administrators that really pushed um, so much for it. Um, so I, I actually feel for, for some of those players that over the years didn't get the opportunities that, that I have. So, um, yeah, so it's 16, 16 or so years to rack all of that up. But um, certainly uh, uh, it's just a, a lot to enjoy and lots of good memories and, and a lot of good mates made along the way. So um, and some of the best memories, as, as most will say, uh, certainly come from off the field. Uh, yes, yeah, we'll get to that in a tick. Uh, uh, 109 one day internationals is impressive, but when you look at the fact that you only played in seven losses in those 109, that is just unbelievable. Yeah, and I reckon I could remember them all. You know, we were quite oh, few. Wow. Um, yeah, and so, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is. And I, you know, I only found that that set out myself quite recently in an article that that I read. So I was quite amazed by that as well. But you know, and they're, they're some of the things that do stand out when I say, when I say I can't remember early tests and and different things that um but I do you know I can you know I can remember, yep Kitty Minister you know we lost that one and um, games in India that we a couple that we lost that we should have won so it's yeah. um yeah but it is quite it is um yeah it sort of um it spells out that we're quite a dominant team over a long time which is um similar to what the the team um, the Australian women's team are doing right now for yeah. history. Exactly, and uh, two World Cups to play, three as a coach, and and as a coach, uh, you were you obviously at the helm uh, when uh, some of these players that we're looking at now, uh, who are superstars of the game now, uh, Lanning and Healy and uh, Elise Perry, and that uh, you're at the helm when they were sort of developing and coming through. That must have been exciting. Yeah, it was, and it was a very it was a very young team. You know, I think the, the average age when I was first coaching the team was around about twenty two, um, and that that's very young. Um, and yeah, but the, and I also was fortunate enough. I'd coached Victoria before I'd gone into the the Australian job, and and you know that's the Elise Villani's as well as again yeah. Meg Lanning and Jess Cameron and and players like that. So uh, yeah, it's it's been great to see their development, um, how they've handled uh, the professionalism of the game because it was certainly different for them. So um, when they first started out as well, but yeah, they, they were very fresh faced uh, young girls. Uh, back then, uh, certainly very talented, and and I think if they look back, uh, I have no doubt uh, they'll wonder, you know, when when they were so young to have won World Cups, um, you know, especially T20 cricket in West Indies, such a young group, and that they've been able to create a dynasty for ten or so years. I think is very unique, and I and I know that they really um, they'll look back on it, and they'll, I think they'll probably wonder how do we do it when we, you know, they'd probably think they didn't know a whole lot then to what they can compared to what they know now, but. Um, 
yeah, it's been good to watch them come through. But I'm equally as, as enthused by watching um, the next group of players come through because I'm currently um, on the, the Australian youth, um, youth selection panel, which, right. uh, which involves uh, selecting our under-19 uh, women's team, national team, and just got back from uh, Tasmania where we had our under-18 nationals. And, uh, yeah, there's some... some Fantastic talent coming through, so I'm lucky enough to, to oversee or be part of the next generation as well and hopefully have a little bit of influence on those. Well, we're going to see uh, our, our talent in action. This T20 World Cup that's uh, about to start is uh, is going to be massive. I mean, they're talking about 90,000 people uh, going to the uh, the final if uh, if it pans out the way that everyone thinks it will. Yeah, it's um, and that would be just so exciting for the girls. I know, uh, I think at 97 in Calcutta, you know, they're the figures they say is that we had 80,000 there and uh, we and India weren't even in the final. Yeah. Um, so I, I, And certainly the noise, and it was just fantastic. I, I don't know the girls will be able to... Uh, so we were able to uh, walk around, you know, when we were batting, you know, we'd walk laps around around the field and, and engage with the crowd. And certainly the MCG, the, the players that play in the final won't be able to do that. But, um, but that was pretty special to be able to go and absorb the atmosphere and be so close to the crowd. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that. And I think Melbourne uh, has a great reputation for for um, being the sporting, uh, you know, capital of the world. Really, so I think there's a there's a strong possibility that's going to happen. Um, it'll obviously be aided that, that Australia have a good tournament and uh, give themselves a chance by uh, getting them getting themselves there on the day. Yeah, T20 is pretty volatile though. Anything can happen in T20 games. A bit different to the other forms of the of the cricket, uh, isn't it? Really? Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. The, the game can swing and get taken away from you in, in you know, a 10 or 15 ball inning. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. But the team are prepared for that. They know that. And, and they equally have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, impact players and match winners. So um, they're, they're very well prepared. Uh, I think on paper they have the best team. But uh, as the saying goes, you, you don't play on paper. Yeah, exactly. Now, the, uh, the expression, the female Merv Hughes, was that born out of uh, your on-field behaviour or your off-field behaviour? Because Merv's a mate of mine, so uh, I need this to be uh, edified for me. Yeah, I know. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? Like the big moustache and the hairy <laughs> chest, like the shirt open. So a bit unfair. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I know Merv quite well as well. So I'm, I'm not unhappy with that. I think I think more so on-field, to be honest. But he was a bit of a larrikin on the field as well. He was. I just think they, I just think they needed somebody to compare, uh, you know, somebody in the women's game buying quick. But um, years later, when I, you know, uh, Brett Lee debuted for Australia, and then all of a sudden I was the female Brett Lee. And, and I've always said, well, why is it? that I was the female Brett Lee when I de- debuted before him. Why wasn't he the male version of me? I never saw that in a headline. So, um, But often, you know, we see it often that the female plays compared to the men. Um, but, yeah, so move, you know, big moustache and, and hairy chest. So hopefully it was more so what he did with the ball than, than off-field stuff. Absolutely. Well, you both made your debut in Adelaide, so there's there's, there's some similarities there. That uh, and he was he, he didn't uh, set the world on fire in his Test debut. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> there was some similarities there. Um, I wanted to mention uh, the the accolades you've received uh, along the way. I mean, the Australian Cricket Hall of Fame, the ICC Hall of Fame, all those things. Now, are you able to enjoy them now? Yeah, I do, yeah, I do. I think it's interesting enough. Um, you know, the timing of the growth in the women's game. And me receiving those awards is, um, I guess, it, it, it kind of lifts my profile, if that makes sense. And it gives me, when I'm working in cricket still as a coach, it, believe it, you know, I think it sort of gives me a bit more 
clout, yep. and it shouldn't. Yep. It shouldn't. You know, my, my on-field sort of performances and, and, and the accolades shouldn't mean that it makes me a better a better coach or a, a better uh, employee here for Cricket Victoria, but it certainly has helped without a doubt. Um, and I do get to enjoy, but what, what I really think that the piece for me that's missing, and I alluded to this earlier, is that, like, as a player... Uh, of the game, I, I get to stand up and, and receive the recognition. But there's so many people behind the scenes that have done so much for the women's game. Yeah. Um, the administrators that made sure that that women back in the 30s and 40s and 50s that the game continued to get played. Um, you know, the, even you know someone for me in, in a cricket Australia, you might know Steph Beltrami, but I, I truly believe that she was one of the driving one of the driving forces to make sure that the game was on television. So. As I said, there's there's a lot of people that should be recognised for for where the women's game is at the moment. So I, I'm I'm lucky that I get to stand in front and receive the award. But you know, there's so many people that have done uh, a lot more for the game than what I have that, that have never never uh, you know stepped on a field and played. Yeah, and and, and I think the fact that you recognise that says a lot about you too. Um, the the words that are used to describe you and various things that I've read about you uh, before doing this uh, this interview: ferocious, competitive. Ruthless, honest, <laughs> and loyal. So I mean, they're they're pretty good words, aren't they? You'd be be, be very happy with those. Yeah, I just you left out funny. Um, oh, did I? You know, <laughs> yeah, you left out. That's what I would have thought. I would have thought that most, especially opposition players, I would have thought they would have seen the humour in uh, all that I had to say. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Look, I, I think that's fair enough. There's certainly some some things I look back on, and, and with the most, you know, with, as, as you mentioned, the recent awards of. You know, there's been some vision that's been shown and sometimes it's a bit embarrassing <laughs> in that you think, oh, did I really do that? You look like you're carrying on and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, when you step on the field, I- I'd like to think that, you know, the, the people that I played against, um, you know, and I don't really have relationships really with, don't know me that well. I think I'm two different people, to be honest, you yeah. know, how I played on the field. I'm a lot softer off the field. Um, but, yeah, I-, I think all the words that you use uh, definitely... Um, Definitely, I, I would wear all of those without a doubt. And I know one of the things in one of the articles I read about you, you said uh, more important about what, you, what your peers and your, and your teammates say about you when you finish playing than, than what they write about you in the press. And, and obviously I saw a quote from Belinda Clark saying, when times were tough and I needed someone to, you know, to do something, I threw the ball to Catherine every time. Yeah, and I really appreciate those words from Belinda. Um, you know, and, I, and I think that... Um, you know, her she was she was a pretty determined player and and, and really um, drove us to to really to be our best as well. But yeah, but certainly you know I think it's um, I really like to hope that as I said that you know there might have been people in the change rooms with me that that didn't necessarily like me and and I know I played and and most of us do play sport um, at different levels with people that we don't necessarily. Um, you know, like enjoy having a, a dinner with, uh, but certainly um, always had respect for all of my teammates, and I would hope, you know, that um, that all my teammates would say the most because that's that's the biggest thing uh, for me. And I think it's, um, and I think most players would say in any sport would say the same thing because pe- people writing about you don't really know you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, yeah, people that sit beside you and. And do the running and do the sessions and do all those sorts of things. They, they understand what you go through to, to get yourself out on the park. So, yeah, it's always something that I've, I've strongly believed in. Well, enjoy the uh, T20 World Cup and uh, continued success as coaching and development uh, specialist uh, with Cricket Victoria. Catherine, thank you so much for your time. It's been a joy to have a chat. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it too. Thanks very much for the opportunity. 
great catch that one. Oh, there's a little sound. The nick is there. And the third wicket falls for Fitzpatrick. And England now in dire trouble.